Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where moral relativism runs into Catholic truth. I'm Father Peter Duganzik. Have you ever asked yourself a particular question? And, and this is one that kind of concerns me as a priest, but how late would you have to be to a Mass before you would not come up to receive Holy Communion? We're going to talk about that in today's episode. But first, let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, the source of all blessings, I call upon you now. Send your Holy Spirit upon all those who hear my voice. Let your Spirit reside with them, lead them, guide them, and bring them one day to your eternal kingdom where you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, for some time now, I've noticed that there are certain patterns, there's certain things that go on. I mean, you know, you go to Mass... You want to go to Mass, you want to pray, you want to grow closer to Jesus. And there are lots of people that, that do come to Mass. Now, here's the interesting thing. As a priest, where I sit, pretty much every place that I've been assigned, I can see everything. I, I can see people coming and going. I can see the doors of the church. I can see what's happening. And, and you begin to notice things after a while. I mean, it, it's like strange. So, like, in, my, in one of my previous assignments... Every day, weekday Mass, was a 9 o'clock Mass. Every day at weekday Mass, this woman came in. It was about, you know, almost 20 after 9. It was 20 after 9. Sometimes we're in the consecration, sometimes walking right down the aisle, walking past everybody. And she just comes, like, right up and still receives Holy Communion. And so one time I, I finally pinned her down and I just said, you know, I said to her, listen, you come in late every day. Maybe you shouldn't come up for Communion. Well, you have to understand I have to drop my husband off at the train station before coming here. And so I, I can't be here on time. And I said, well, maybe drop him off a little earlier and let him wait at the station. To which I got this really, really nasty look. It, it's a strange thing. I mean, I, I don't get it. Um, just the other day, right here, just the other day, I'm up to the prayer of the faithful. I'm saying the prayers. And a woman walks in literally in the front of the church, in front of everybody. She might have even been on the live stream because the camera was trained on me. And, and she just walks like right past. You know, it's like, and, and she still came up for communion. She's sitting right in the front pew. Everybody in the church saw it. So we have to ask ourselves this question. At what point when you enter the church, at what point are you so late that you shouldn't come for Holy Communion? Now, mind you, you can come in at any time you want during the Mass. I don't care what time you come in. But if you're not there for the beginning, you're not there for the end, you really shouldn't be there to receive Holy Communion. Now, here's the problem that I've discovered, because I've actually researched and done a few things on this. We really don't have an answer to that question per se. We don't have an answer to that question, because if you turn to, like, let's say you turn to canon law. Canon law has a lot to do with the governance of the church. It has a lot to do with other things. So canon law itself really doesn't exercise much over liturgical law. And so maybe we could turn to liturgical law. But again, in liturgical law, it talks about, you know, full conscious active participation. It talks about, you know, being there for, for the mass. But nowhere in any of it does it actually state, well, what point of the mass do you have to get here? At what point would you be too late that you shouldn't come up for Holy Communion? And I think it's a, I think it's a very valid question. And I think now, when you think about what's going on today, a couple of years ago, there was that survey about belief in the real presence of the Eucharist. 
And I believe that that comes to bear on questions like this because there are so many people, so many people, Catholics included, daily mass goers, who really don't appreciate the depth and beauty of the, of the Most Holy Eucharist. I, I really think they don't believe, I really don't think that they do appreciate the body, blood, soul, and divinity. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so casual toward it. I, I've always said, belief on the inside will be manifested on the outside. If you truly believe that that is the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, you'd never believe yourself worthy and you would want to drop to your knees every time in his presence. You would want to show reverence because it is our Lord and Savior in the most blessed sacrament. That being said, you know, we have to think about our actions. We have to think about the things we do. More, many people today don't think in terms of gravity of matter. So, you know, if something is grave evil as opposed to a lesser evil, mortal sin versus venial sin, are we really thinking about any anything like that, and is it, and now I'm a moral theologian, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play on this one a little bit, is it a sin to receive the Eucharist when you've come in terribly late to Mass? My, my previous assignment, literally there was a woman that would come to weekday Mass just about the time of the Lamb of God, get on the communion line, and leave. And one time when I said something to her, she started quoting bishops who said it was okay to do. I doubt the bishops actually said that, but again, at what point would you come to Mass? At what point of lateness would you come to Mass and not come for Holy Communion? Canon law is not going to be any help. Liturgical law is not going to be any help. But we can turn to the moral law. Now, in the moral law, the current catechism, you're not going to find anything. But the previous, previous to the Second Vatican Council, the seminary, in the seminaries when they taught moral theology, they taught from what was called moral manuals. They had these manuals where they actually, in a very systematic way, went through certain things and gave you bits and pieces of information to understand what is really at stake. Now, in these old moral manuals, the question was raised having to do with the Sunday obligation. How much of the Sunday Mass could you miss and not fulfill the Third Commandment, not fulfill participating in Mass on a Sunday. It really wasn't concerned about weekday Masses. It wasn't concerned about lateness per se, because it does use expressions like a person has to be in the complete Mass, the whole Mass. They have to be there for the entire thing. Taken in that light, if someone even comes a little late for a weekend Mass, that's lesser matter, could be imputed as a venial sin. Certainly not one that bars a person from Holy Communion, but it's still a, a, a grave matter or a lesser matter. And so we have to consider that. What they did in these manuals is they started to, to break it down as to how late, if you came in at this point, if you came in at this point, um, even to them saying, if you're not in the church, if you fall asleep, if you're not paying attention during the consecration, then you didn't fulfill the obligation. You didn't attend the complete mass. And they had these hierarchy of things that they, they felt were important. And so the, the question used to be, you know, like, how late can we come in? And I remember, I remember Catholics even talking about this amongst themselves. Oh, you know, you've got to be there by the glory. Oh, you've got to be there by the opening prayer. Oh, you've got to hear the first reading. Oh, go down the list, and there would be so many different things basically tapping into the moral manuals, basically tapping into what these manuals said. But still, it really doesn't answer the question because 
nobody's actually really asking the question, but I want to ask it because, again, this this betrayal of the Most Holy Eucharist, this betrayal of the body, blood, soul, and divinity by even believers, people who, who do go to daily Mass, I think there's a problem. And so I ask myself this question. Me, well, as a priest, I'm always there for the beginning and the end. I can't not come, I can't come late to Mass. It just can't happen, and I can't leave early, so that's not going to happen. But for the faithful, for the people who are coming, first off, there really should be a joy in wanting to be in church. There should be sufficient preparation. A person should be properly disposed. You should be spending that time getting your soul ready for this most intrinsically important moment when you receive body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Clearly, the high point, the most important point that we're going to have is the liturgy of the Eucharist, the liturgy of Holy Communion. The liturgy of the Word, extremely important. The liturgy of the Word should be attended to. People should be listening to the homily. Um, you know, not like most of the people who come to Sunday Mass and use the homily time to read the bulletin, but that's a whole other question. What's going on? See, I, I look at it, and I, and I reflect even in my own life, I look at it as such. This is something that should be the high point. This should be the apex. This should be the most important moment of my day. It should be something that I want to embellish. I would want to get there early. I would want to start preparation. I would want to be praying. But then also, too, I want to stay after and give thanks to Almighty God for the blessings he's given me. And yet, it just seems to, to just elude people. The belief not being on the inside is manifesting itself on the outside, and it turns the Holy Eucharist into something, somewhat of a superstitious thing. It's magical. I have to receive this because, well, you know, it, 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 it's something magical in my life. The grace that I get from it is, is going to help me have a better day, and, I, and I'm going to really, like, you know, now be somebody special because this will transform my mind and make... If that's the way someone's thinking, then they completely have misunderstood the Eucharist because the Eucharist is, is far, far more important, far more of a spiritual reality than some sort of magic charm or superstitious um, thing that we have to do. And so we have to ask ourselves, what would be the moral act or the immoral act of someone coming up for communion not properly disposed? Now, properly disposed includes a lot of different things, including being in a state of grace. So if someone has committed a mortal sin, hasn't been to confession, should not be coming for Holy Communion. If someone supports abortion, if someone is in a fornication relationship, if someone is, you know, supporting gay marriage, if someone um, uses contraception, I mean, I can go down all of these grave moral evils, you know, someone's telling a lie, someone's cheating their business partners out of lots of money, someone has taken something that doesn't belong to them. These can all be imputed as grave matter and mortal sins and would bar someone from coming to receive the Most Holy Eucharist. So we have to keep that in mind. But properly disposed, what does it mean to be properly disposed? Well, being in a state of grace, number one. But also, number two, having spent sufficient time and reflection preparing for the reception of the Most Holy Eucharist. And so I would say that two things. Number one, if someone were to receive Holy Communion, not in a state of grace, or to come late to Mass, and especially egregiously late to Mass, and still come up for Holy Communion, 
That is what we call a sacrilege. A sacrilege. And that's a very grave matter. Um, the catechism will say um, such actions are a grave sin, especially when they're committed against the Eucharist. So we have to understand that it is sacrilegious to treat the Eucharist as anything less than what it really is. We have to have that true faith, that true belief. So I'm going to say here and now, if you're not there for the opening blessing, that's not good. Now, maybe something happened or you got stuck at a traffic light or whatever. If you're not there for the opening blessing and the closing blessing, you haven't been part of a complete mass. You haven't been there for the whole thing. You're going to have to evaluate at that point. Is it venial? Is it mortal? Is it grave? Is it lesser? But ask yourself this question. Why am I coming up to receive the Holy Eucharist and I'm harried and I'm restless and I'm, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I just can't, I, I, like I have to get out of here right away. That's why I can't stay after communion and even give a little bit of thanks to God. These are the important questions, my dear brothers and sisters. In this world of relativism, we try to subjectivize things. We try to make things situational. But the truth of the matter is body, blood, soul, and divinity. That is not going to change by my relative perspective. Receiving the, more, the, the Eucharist in mortal sin, sacrilegious. Coming in late to Mass, even at a weekday Mass, coming in late to Mass, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we bordering on a sacrilegious act that we're treating the Eucharist in such a flippant manner, in such a, you know, at ease kind of manner? Like, oh, you know, I have a right to the Eucharist. Make no mistake, no human being has a right to the Eucharist. No one has a right to receive the Most Holy Eucharist. And so in a future podcast, I want to talk more about what constitutes grave matter, what constitutes mortal sin. I want to talk. But in this particular podcast, I want you to ask yourself, how late would you have to be to a mass weekday or weekend in which, number one, how late would you be on a weekend and still fulfill your obligation? And number two, at a weekday mass, how late could you walk in? At what point of the mass could you walk in and still think that you've that you participated in enough of the mass to say that it's a complete mass? These are important questions that we need to ask ourselves because we really need to in encounter the Eucharist in a whole new way. We really need to encounter Holy Communion as, an, a, a, as a high point and not as just some casual thing that we're going to do. So here's, here's the challenge for you. If you're one of those people who are habitually late, and you know there are people who just every time, I, I can tell you the people... In just about every parish I've been in, especially at weekday mass, I can tell you who's going to come in and about, about what time are they going to come in. It just, you know, you know who you are. If you are habitually late, what can you adapt in your life to turn that around? What can be changed? What, what, what pattern can be changed? So like that woman who's dropping her husband off. Can't you just change the pattern and say to him, this is too important for me. I'm going to drop you off at the train station 15 minutes earlier. And, you know, take your newspaper and go sit in the lobby and read your newspaper. You know, something like that. For other people, I don't know why they're late. I, 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 again, that's a conversation I did have with someone. Take the time. Pray about this. And seriously ask yourself. Seriously ask yourself. Just what is the Eucharist and why? Why would I walk casually up 
not caring what I, how I, my, my, uh, not caring about my proper disposition, not caring about the state of my soul, but that I just think that I need this right here, right now, this moment. It's a question I think we all need to ask. So anyhow, as, as I wrap this up, I just want to ask once again, too, if you're following this podcast, please select, subscribe, follow it on whatever platform you're, you're picking this up on. Try to share this podcast with others. Uh, again, I'd like to get the word out. If you could just take those few moments to do such things, that would be most helpful. But anyhow, so let me uh, now just call upon God to bless you. Um, and so I now call upon God. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth in the peace of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.